You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, family. Um, I know it is uh, 27th or... Uh, sorry, I'm struggling with my ear thing today. Yeah, 27th of December, the last Sunday in the year 2020. Is anybody excited? A beautiful day to be alive. And we're so thankful to God. We're grateful to God. Um, so it's obviously past Christmas, but we're with huge expectation, great joy looking ahead into 2021. In fact, we have crossed over. Do I have witnesses in the house? And God has been good to us. It is by his grace that we have made it through. It's possible you are seated here today and you know, you looked as at March, as at April, as at June, in fact, as at August. You were wondering, will I make it? Will I make 2020? Will I see the end of 2020? But you're seated here today. And you may have lost stuff. You may have had a not so great year. But you're here today. You're alive. You're in great health. And for that reason, we are grateful to God. Anybody excited about being alive this morning? Do you want to just give God praise? Do you want to give him praise? Hallelujah. We welcome everyone joining us online. Thank you so much. It's great to have you with us this morning and also everyone present here in the room. Uh, just in case you're wondering where are your seat partners, some of them have gone home to their parents to celebrate the festive season. Okay, um, before I get into the word, today is someone very special I mean, a very special person's birthday to us. Where is she? Tony. Okay, so Tony led, she led us in worship a couple minutes back, but looks like she's, yeah. So for those of you who didn't see Tony, maybe you came in a bit late. Today's Tony's birthday. Tony, we love you. God bless you. God increase you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was also one of our pastor's birthday. Um, actually, two of our pastors. Um, it was Pastor Idris's birthday, P.I. It was his birthday on Wednesday. It was also P.F.G. That's our Foolish Balamosi. She's one of our pastors here as well. It was her birthday. Amazing people born in the month of December. I mean, sharing Jesus's birthday month with him. Super fantastic people. And we're grateful to be blessed by um, having them, the gift of them, you know, in our midst. All right. Um, so just in case, I mean, you're here and you're like, yeah, we're always excited all the time at the LifePoint Church, you know, BWS, you come up every Sunday and you tell us, you know, it's a great day to be alive. And you say to us, and you're probably watching online and this is your first time joining us here. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. But just in case you're wondering, it's so much has gone down this year, 2020. And I'm just struggling to get to the finish. I can't even just wait for 31st of December. So I, I just know that 2020 did not exist, you know, in my, in my own um, calendar, as it were, calendar of life. 
But I want to say to you this morning, just the same song that Falabi just led us, now the band led us, even when I don't see it, God is working. Even when I don't feel it, God is working. He never stops. And that is the truth. God never stops working. No matter how bleak, you know, things look, no matter how gray the skies appear, no matter what the doctor has said, no matter what your life looks like, very far from where you would have loved for it to be, no matter whatever life has thrown at you, I want to remind someone today that God is still at work. He's alive. He loves you dearly and he's on your side. God is alive. God loves you dearly and God is on your side. In fact, if you're seated here today or you're watching online and you feel like, I've been so far from God this year, like I literally have turned my back on him. I want to remind you, God is alive, God loves you dearly, and God is on your side. If you're that person who feels like, I've turned my back on God because of the way things have panned out this year, his arms are wide open, ready to receive you. He has never stopped waiting for you. He has not stopped, he hasn't given up on you. You may have given up on him. You may have stopped trusting, but he hasn't given up on you. Okay, I don't know who that is for, but it's a reminder from the Spirit of God to you this morning to open up your heart and to open up your arms and let the Spirit of God wrap you up in his warm embrace. Let God remind you how much he loves you. Okay? All right. Um, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for the gift of life. Thank you for the privilege of gathering. We're thankful that we can gather in your presence. Whether watching from, you know, our, our various homes and private spaces, or just even being present here in the auditorium, we're grateful. We're grateful. You, God, that has journeyed with us from January through till February, through March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and Father December. We say thank you. We don't take this for granted. We thank you that we are alive. We thank you that we have the privilege of communing with you, of fellowshipping with you. We return all praise to you for the very many things that you have done for us. Even when we don't see it, even when our physical senses cannot comprehend the things that you are working out in our favor, the things that you are doing on our behalf. But Father, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that our hearts be open this morning to receive from your word. Bible says that your word is active, it is alive, it is powerful. Um, it, it, it divides, it discerns thoughts. It discerns thoughts and intent of heart. So Lord, we just lay ourselves before you this morning. You know what it is that we're carrying. You know what is on our hearts. You know what it is that we desire, the things that we hope for. Lord, we ask, let your word do its work in us. Let it transform us. Let it change us. Let us not remain the same again. In Jesus' name, we have prayed and agreed. Amen. Amen. And the people say, 
Amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay, so let's get right in. All right, so uh, we started a teaching series this month of December tagged um, An Attitude of Gratitude. And just to continue from where I started uh, when I started speaking earlier, uh, and I was just talking about whatever it is life may, has, may have presented to you in 2020 and how either upset you are, how angry you are at the turn of events, you know, or if you're that one who is even grateful, you're grateful for what it is that you have experienced, good, not so good stuff. Or, or here you're just seated and you're numb. Because I've actually met people who have been numb this year, like you've refused to just deal with any of the emotions of this season. You have refused to, you sort of just have just separated your, for yourself from it and you're like, no, I'm, I'm not even going to internalize this pain. I will not internalize this, these thoughts. I, would, I will just be numb, I will blank out wherever it is that you are. This morning we're talking about taking back your joy. Joy is one of the very big things that God promises us as his children. And one of the very easy things to lose in a season where there's so much confusion and hopelessness and despair is your joy. In fact, that's the first thing the devil goes for. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to rob you of joy. He wants you to be joyless, if there's any such word. And just be in that place of consistent despair, where you're looking and nothing is working. And yes, you feel like nothing is working, but at the same time, you are not in a place to even just be cheerful, just be happy, just leave. You're just going through the motions, you know, and the truth is, all of us, even the best of us, may have dealt with, you know, it may have been a, or may have experienced a state of, of despair and hopelessness at some point in time this year, even the best of us. We may have, so, you know, personalities are different, right? Some people are sanguines um, by default, they're optimistic, happy-go-lucky people. I mean, if you have a friend like Dolakpo, Dolakpo is always happy. Dolakpo is the, she heads our prayer um, team here at the LifePoint Church. And Dolakpo is the only person I know <laughs> who is, I mean, yeah, Falabi loves to pray, Samuel loves to pray sometimes, but Dolakpo is one person who is always excited about prayer. The amount of energy she brings into acts I mean, to remind us about prayer times and, and prayer sessions. She would send voice notes. And so some people are naturally wired like that. Or you have a friend like Pastor Folusho, who, you know, is always positive, very optimistic. Or you are melancholic, you know, and you not only think about your own issues, you think about the issues of others. I don't know how many males are in the house or listening online. But you are just at that place where you, by default, your personality type or your, your temperament require, you are just going to meditate on the problems of other people in addition to your own challenges. So you might have a friend who has recently maybe just had her heart broken. And then you meet, you meet up with another friend and they're like, what's going on? You look so sad. 
by the time you're done telling them the story, they can't believe how sad you are because of all that your friend is going through. And I mean, it's okay for us to bear other people's burdens and to feel their pain and all, but we males, we know how to inherit the problem of others. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I, okay, I was going to say I'm a recovering male, but I, I think I would rather just say that the Holy Spirit is at work in me so much so that I don't pander to the emotions of my, my person. I'm, I'm choleric and also melancholic. So if you understand how those two, <laughs> those two personality types work, I like things done a certain way. I get very frustrated when things don't turn out a certain way. I'm a planner and as such, at the same time, I can think, a deep thinker, I can meditate on issues, think about the problems of the world, why is there poverty in that country, why, is, why, why are they killing people in that other country, and just inherit the problems of people. Now, whatever it is that you are, whether you're choleric, sang, whatever it is, uh, whatever your, your personality type or your temperament is, the joy of the Lord transcends every emotion. It transcends everything that is happening. And like I said earlier, one of the things the enemy is very particular about is ensuring that we are just very devoid of joy. Very devoid of joy. He doesn't want us happy. And so he brings, constantly brings to your mind the things that are not working, the things that you know, you're struggling with, the things that he reminds you of those plans that you have that have not worked out. He reminds you how you have lost things, possibly even lost people close to you, lost good stuff, lost a good relationship. All of a sudden, person woke up and felt you are not good enough anymore. Whatever it is, or a job. That job you've been trusting and believing God for, God finally did it. And before you know it, the pandemic hit and they had to right size or downsize and you were out of a job. Or you got a pay cut and you were just planning to save up some more money to be able to buy your car or afford, you know, to pay your tuition for masters, whatever. I want to remind you this morning that as we launch into 2021, one of our responsibilities as God's children, so we all have expectations of God, and that is fine. In fact, if you're here and you really are not expecting anything from God, I would say to you before you leave today to please have a conversation with him and have a rethink. Just maybe, you know, the reason why you are not expecting anything from God anymore is because you feel like he has not quite lived up to the reputation of what you've heard about him. You have not experienced him the way people have come up here to share their God experience and to tell of the marvelous things that he has done. You have not even experienced him the way you have read the scriptures and the things that you have seen in there. But I want to encourage you, can you please give God one more chance? Give him another chance and let him prove himself to you. So if you have an expectation, that's fantastic. But you see, we have two, two categories of Christians. We have Christians who leave all of the work to God to do. We have those who don't leave the work to God to do. They do all of the work. They, do, they craft the plans. They proceed with execution. The only thing they want from God is God just bless me as I'm on my way to blowing. Just bless me, bless me, bless my plans. 
But that other category of people who leave it all to God to plan, you leave it all to God to figure out, you leave it, possibly even leave it to God to execute on your behalf, and all you just want to do is just want to fast and pray. So you cannot afford to be on both sides, or you can't afford to be on either side. You've got to be on the side where you are looking to God for his will, trusting, praying, and hoping that his will for your life will come to pass, and at the same time taking corresponding action. One of the things that we do as um, an expression of the Elevation Church, as we prepare every year for the new year, is that we write down our goals. And I will speak about that um, when I'm talking about the watch night, um, sorry, the crossover service. We write down our goals. So if you have an expectation of several things that you're trusting God for, according to his will, that is fantastic. You're probably here and you're also feeling like, oh yeah, I started the year 2020 with all of these goals. I had plans. I wrote down my plans. I prayed over them. I brought them to church, lifted them up when Pastor Godman said to lift them up, made declarations, and yet nothing on that, that goal list came to pass. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Like I said earlier, I want to remind you that God is at work. God is at work. Things may not have panned out the way you wanted them to, but I promise you that God worked, God showed up for you this year. You only need to sit back and reflect on the ways he showed up for you. There are certain things that if we had laid hands on this year, we may not necessarily be here today or still be in faith. It's possible. And there are things that if they had panned out, yeah, it would have been to his glory. It would have been fantastic if those things had happened. But God knows all things. And for as long as we are limited in our own human understanding, for as long as we are not God, and we don't know all things, we, don't, we can't see all things, we cannot even see tomorrow, except he reveals tomorrow to us, then we as his children have got to stay in that place where we trust, where we trust him, that he has the best plans for our lives. Okay, so I'm going to read a scripture um, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, from verses 17 to 19. Um, Habakkuk is not one of your very popular scriptures, so, but I'm sure nobody hears it with a paper Bible. But if you're with a paper Bible, you've got to figure out where it is. Yeah, where is Habakkuk? Let's play a quick short drill. Old Testament, yeah? Before, what's the book preceding Habakkuk? Nahum. After Habakkuk? See, we, all of us can remember. Oh, yeah. Sorry? Zephaniah. Is it correct? Okay, fantastic. All right, but let's do digital. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. I will read two translations, and then I've taken the liberty to ask a few friends of mine in the house, creatives, to send me their, sorry, their personal um, modern-day translation of this scripture I want to read. So the New Living Translation says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle bands are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. 
The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to read upon the heights. And then it says, I mean, the latter line that says, for the choir director, able to tread upon the heights. For the choir director, this prayer is to be accompanied by stringed instruments. Now, nothing is wasted in the Bible. In fact, the Bible is an economical book. When you see things repeated, it's actually for emphasis. Usually when we read that and we get to places where we see Selah and all, it's actually, um, those things, they, they, they have a meaning. There's something that they do there. So clearly this um, scripture here, written by Habakkuk, a prophet, was one that he desired to be sung or read in accompaniment to musical instruments. So it was not just... Um, a declaration or just a prayer. It was also something that could be sung. Now the message translation of that same scripture says, though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are warm eating and the wheat fields are stunted, though the sheep pens are shipless and the cattle bands are empty, I am singing joyful praise to God. I am turning cartwheels of joy to my savior God, counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I am king of the mountain. Now that's the message translation, very descriptive. Very, I mean, you, you can imagine yourself turning cartwheels, if you know how to do cartwheels here, you know. But here is, uh, I mean, these guys, uh, well, Habakkuk here in this scripture has told you everything that can possibly go wrong has gone wrong. But yet, he has chosen to remain joyful. He has chosen to remain in a place of gratitude. He has chosen to keep his eyes on the one that matters the most, in spite of or despite the fact that things aren't working out. So these friends of mine, I'm going to read what they have um, written as modern day translation. Because, hey, how many of you are farmers here? Let's start with or, or watching online. Are you a farmer? Do you grow fig trees, apple trees? you know, cherries and strawberries and stuff. The only thing you probably know of those things is the fact that you can pick them up at the grocery store and eat them. But nobody here knows how to grow these things. So let's look for more relatable, if we had to re rewrite that scripture in modern day um, reality. So this person says, though I have no source of income, unending wells of finances, love life, particular dreams, and backups for the future with no promising prospects at the moment. Though every month of this year, 2020, has brought with it a new low of disappointments, and the gray has become grayer with colors now hard to come by. Yet, I will rejoice in my maker. I will be joyful in the Lord who has held me together. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He has enabled me to stand upon the hills of 2020 to see rainbows, rain and sunshine, to see him, the substance of everything, and I have hope. Someone else says, though I still don't have my dream job yet, and my account isn't as fat as I want, though I am still part of the God-wen crew, and I am still nursing a heartbreak. I will rejoice in the Lord because he always has and always will have my back. 
Someone else says, although the economy is not booming and inflation has set in, even though people are losing jobs and it seems there are no good paying jobs anymore, I will remain peaceful and confident in Abba's gracious green room, for he is my maker. Abba is my joy and continuous hope. He holds my hand and directs me into pockets of opportunities locking all around me from far and near. He opens a floodgate of choice offers and makes me spoil for choice. The last one. My family may not be perfect in every way. My relationship may be far from the Jay-Z and Beyonce template. The country I live in may not be one flowing with milk and honey. Instead, with the blood of innocent protesters. I may not be a member of the 30 billion gang. My company might not have been sold to strike for $200 million. I may have lost an admission to Oxford. I may have lost a government-sponsored scholarship. Yet, I will praise the Most High God, the source of my strength and my joy. Amen. Amen. Now, here's what I want you to do in your private moments. Take that same scripture, Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 to 19, and write your own experience in it. The things that may not have worked out. Your even those. What are your even those? I may not have been able to release my album. I may not have been able to tour the world. I may not have been able to go on vacations. I may not have been able to... I mean, if you had my, asked my daughter, she would probably say one of her even those was the fact that she could not travel. Whatever it is that you're thinking of, whatever it is that you may not have been able to do, whatever opportunities may have been denied you, just like these guys here who have documented their own personal experiences, can I ask that you document? You see, because right now those things look like the things you feel like you have missed out on. They look like the things that have not happened. They look like the things you are possibly even begrudging. Yes, that's the word, begrudging God for. You're very unhappy with God right now because you feel like these things haven't happened. Document them and like Habakkuk, end it in praise. Yet, I will rejoice. Yet, I will turn cartwheels of joy. Yet, I will give thanks because I know that my life is still engraved in the palm of his hand. For as long as the heavens and the earth, he holds them and has not, I mean, we've not heard that the heavens have crashed. Even though the earth is going crazy, it has not gone, it has not fallen apart. Someone is holding it all together. And the same one who is holding this universe in his mighty hand is able to hold my life put it all together and make it make sense. And that is the assurance and the hope that you should go into 2021 with, which is why you need to do all that you can to ensure that you take back your joy. In those places where you have lost your joy, whatever situation has cost you to lose your joy and to lose faith, you need to take it back. You need to fight for your joy. The devil's job is to steal, to kill, to destroy. And one of the things that he very easily steals from us is our joy. He will steal it. Why? Because our joy is largely founded on the things that are happening on the outside. The external things, the temporal things. The job opportunity 
you know, you get a job at Google or Facebook or mobile, and you're so excited, I mean, nothing can go wrong. If anybody's asking you for money, you're ready to give it to them. You're, in fact, if somebody breaks your heart, you probably will not feel it as much. Why? That job is just everything you've hoped and prayed for, and it has come. The day you lose that job, what happens to you? What happens to your life? You lose your joy. You start to stay away from friends. You isolate. You, you, you don't want to speak to anybody. You don't, life doesn't excite you anymore. Why? Because your source of joy has been the job. Your source of joy has been your bank accounts. Your source of joy has been the fact that you're in a relationship. Your source of joy has been largely about the things on the outside. Joel also has another version of this same scripture that I, we just read in um, Joel chapter 1, verse 12, the New Living Translation. It says, The grapevines have dried up, and the fig trees have withered. The pomegranate trees, palm trees, and apple trees, all the fruit trees have dried up, and the people's joy has dried up with them. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. These guys, obviously, this represents the state of the economy, where nothing is working. All these trees that would be good for food for them, you know, they can trade in the, in the harvest of these things. All of these things have dried up. And the prophet Joel says, the way all the fruit trees dried up, what followed next is the people's joy. It's dried up with them. Because a lot of people could not see beyond how we're going to survive. If there's nothing to eat, there is nothing to sell. There is no way to make ends meet. How are we going to survive? And you might be seated here today or listening to me online and you're asking that same question. Not, not much has happened, you know, to get me excited, BWS. This year has just not been it. And your joy appears to have dried up with the way things were happening in our, in, you know, in our society, in our country, and in the world at large. There is a second wave of the virus. I'm sure with the numbers, as people are tracking the numbers, somebody's joy tank is diminishing, is depleting very fast. The way the numbers are rising is the way your joy tank is just depleting so fast. Because you're looking at it, I thought that, you know, we were past this God. What's happening again? You need to, like Nehemiah says in chapter 8, verses 10, the latter part of 10b, he says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, the joy of the Lord is not a feeling. The joy of the Lord is not based on anything that happens on the outside. It is not something that gets you giddy with excitement because something happened or because someone happened. It is not based on any of those things at all. It is beyond being excited about, you know, the way life is in general, good things, not so good things. It's beyond that. The joy of the Lord is not a feeling. The joy of the Lord is gotten by and through a relationship with him. It is gotten through us submitting our lives to him. And let me read to you this uh, scripture in John chapter 15, verse 13. 
Jesus would say to his disciples, I mean, he starts to talk, talk to them about who he was as the vine, uh, sorry, his father was the vine dresser, he was the vine and all, and he starts to speak about, speak about an active and a vibrant relationship with him. But then in verse 11, he says to them, he says, these things have I said to you, that my joy may remain in you so that your joy can be full. My joy will remain in you so that your own joy can be full. That goes to suggest that there are two types of joy. There is my joy and there is the joy of the Lord. And just as Nehemiah said, it is the joy of the Lord that gives me strength. It is the joy of the Lord that strengthens me. It is the joy of the Lord that enables my own fullness of joy, that enables me live a life where I am, you know, full of joy. As such, my joy cannot be produced, or the, the, the God kind or God quality of joy cannot be produced by my job. It cannot be produced by the absence or presence of a, of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It cannot be produced, you know, by how much money I have in my bank account. Yes, these things make us happy, you know, they cheer us up. I mean, if I sent you a million naira today, you'll be excited, right? I mean, you will be happy. Don't lie. Now that I'm talking about the joy of the Lord, don't try and form, <laughs> don't try and form like you don't need a millionaire right now. But if I, okay, maybe a million, you might just say, yeah, you don't even have the capacity for a millionaire. But let me just send you 100K. I'm sure you'll be all right. Just, I mean, just all right for a few days, you know. Someone like uh, PFA is not in service today, but if PFA says to you, I'm broke, I'm sure those of us who know PFA here will probably roll our eyes at him and be like, yeah. You know those people who say to you they are broke, but they still have like some loose five million just in one account. But just because the other accounts don't have too much money in them, they are like they are broke. Or they have assets lying around and you're like, you are broke. You cannot be broke. It's like Dan Cote saying to you that he's broke, you know. But sometimes we need to remind ourselves who our father is. If I said to you that I wanted to give you a million naira, the only reason why you probably believe me is because, yeah, BWS is the pastor. She should not lie, right? I, ideally, I should not lie. That, that is probably the only reason why you believe me. But if Dangote said to you, I mean, he visited church and he said the Lord laid it upon his heart, he wants to bless you with a million naira, you will believe him, right? In fact, if he writes you a check, you will not think twice. If I wrote you a check of a million naira right now, you, you will think twice before going to present it. In fact, you will call me on your way to the bank. Can I present it today or should I present it next month? Because you just want to confirm if my account is funded. But if Dangote wrote you a, a check, you will take it with all joy and gladness to the bank to present it. You will not double check with him. How much more our Heavenly Father? How much more our Heavenly Father? The one who owns all the resources on the earth and decides at his own pleasure who he wills to give them to. Scripture says that we are his children. And for as long as we are his children, Jesus Christ will say to, you know, he will say to people, look, the lilies in the fields, they neither toil nor spin. They don't have to do much, yet I clothe them. In Solomon in all of his majesty was not beautifully arrayed like the lilies in the field. The sparrows, the birds in the air, I feed them. How much more you? 
how much more you, and that's what God is saying to, to you and I this morning, how much more you made in my image, made to look like me. I took my time to design you. I took my time to fashion you. How much more will I not take care of you? For, for, for that person who's still in that place where you're feeling like nothing has worked, this is an encouragement to you that God has not slept off on your matter. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. It's not in him. My ability to give you a millionaire can be very well questioned. My willingness may not be questioned because you know I love you. And so I, I desire to want to be able to give you. I just may not have the capacity to be able to give you just yet. But God is willing because he loves you. And he's able. His ability is not in question. Yes, you may not have ha had the things that you wanted. But here, this, this, today's message is just taking our eyes off the things that we are focusing on. We know we need these things to live good lives on earth. We need these things to, to live well. We need these things to be able to interact well. We need them to be all right. Everybody wants a good car. Nobody wants their car stopping on the road and they're having to push. You know, and you're asking yourself, how is this a better situation? I mean, and I'd be better off not having a car. But you know, I want to remind you, remind someone here something that, look, your own current circumstance is someone else's prayer. Your current situation, that you think nothing is working, you think your life is, you know, you have not made any progress, is someone else's prayer. God, if only you can make me like Folabi. If only you can just make my life. Just give me half of what Dolakbo has. Give me half of what Pedro has. Give me half of the opportunities that Caleb has. Give, God, would you just... When Jesus will say these things to us in John 15, 11, these things have I said to you so that my joy may remain in you. Same Jesus we see in the scriptures. The Bible says that for the joy that was set ahead, he endured the cross and he despised the shame. The joy that is ahead. So Jesus would draw down from future joy for his present situation. He drew of the deposit of the joy. You know, the joy of us being saved, the joy of you and I, of, 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 of Crystal, of Demilade, you know, of Tosin, of Yomi, the joy of seeing us live whole lives, seeing us redeemed from sin and its curse and its effect, seeing us being reunited with the Father. He drew of that joy, that future joy, and he used that to strengthen himself for the journey. He endured the cross and he despised the shame. For the joy that is set ahead of you is someone willing to draw down the joy on the, of the promises and the fulfillment of prophecy that lies in 2021 and begin to live from a place of hope and a place of, of gratitude from today. Is someone willing to set aside, you know, that, that spirit of heaviness that contends with our joy the spirit of heaviness where you feel like nothing is working. That heaviness that comes upon you at the thought of, of, of failures, at the thought of, of challenges, at the thought of you know, missed opportunities, or opportunities you feel like life has snatched from you. Is someone willing to cast aside that spirit of heaviness and receive the spirit of joy?
Jesus would say that my joy will remain in you. His joy must remain in us as we go into 2021, as we prayerfully plan regarding the new year. And like I said last Sunday, as we begin to define the next decade, the next 10 years, which are very critical, not just for us as individuals, but also even for our nation, as we begin to plan as individuals, as a church, can we ensure that his joy remains in us, no matter the things that come at us, no matter what life throws at us, remembering that you, your lot is better than someone else and you, where you currently are is where someone else is aspiring to get to. Where you are right now is where someone else is aspiring to get to. Okay? So, two things to remember. Your attitude to what is happening is more important than what is happening. You see, because what is happening is the fact of, you know, is, is the reality. But it is not necessarily the truth. See, the fact that you have lost a job or lost a relationship or gotten a pay cut or missed an opportunity, you know, like the person who shared here, missed a government-sponsored scholarship, has not changed who you are. Your position still remains intact. You are dearly and deeply loved by God, is what the scripture says. You are God's child. He surrounds you with favor as a shield. You matter to him. Your life matters to him. That hasn't changed. Your position hasn't changed. But you know what happens to us a lot of times as God's children? Is that because of the conditions of our lives, our current experiences, the current realities surrounding our lives, we change our location. Bible speaks about us seated at the right hand of Christ in heavenly places. That is who we are. We are God's children. But oftentimes our condition, the things that are happening in and around us, take us away from our location. We stop believing. We stop trusting. We stop hoping. In fact, for some of us, it translates into actual disengagement and disconnection from the source, the one who matters the most. And so, when that starts to happen, we see our life just go in a different trajectory from what God has planned for us, from what he wills and what he desires for us. And we are striving to get things to fill the void that now exists in our, you know, in our lives. We're looking for things. Some people go to substances some people start to get high on different substances. Some people begin to engage different vices. Some people start to, you know, increase or start to have body counts. You're looking for what isn't missing. You're trying to get fulfillment from where it doesn't exist. These things will provide temporal pleasure. They will provide temporal happiness or joy at the most. Temporal. But the one whose joy we desire, the one whose joy we should desire, the one whose joy must remain in us, is the one we need to stick with. Because his joy is not dependent on the things that are happening around you. Jesus remains the source of joy, and his joy must remain in us. Okay? So, you need to make an enemy of the spirit of heaviness. In fact, you must battle it to ensure that as I'm winding down this 2020, I refuse to still remain with the spirit of heaviness. There must be a disconnection between us. 
When the devil can't touch your spirit, he goes after your emotions. And a lot of times, you know one of the things, one of the very easy things for us in this generation that gets us to that place of depression and anxiety and, and worry and fear is comparison. What is working for someone else? You're looking at a friend, oh, but we started out together. Oh, but this person is my junior in secondary school. Look at, look at what, she's, what she's doing with her life. Look at the opportunities she has. Look at the kind of car she has. Oh, she's married with kids, and we start to compare. And social media obviously doesn't help these days. Someone needs to shut down from social media till the end of the year. I don't know who that is for. But you need to just shut down from social media, Instagram, just, just sign out till the end of the year. And I mean, it's just a few days. Today is 27. That's just four days. Because you need to detox. Someone needs to detox. You have filled yourself with so many stories and, you know, the, the examples of perfect couple, couple goals, somebody's car, small girl, big God, and all of that very interesting things on social media. And right now, you are confused. You are so confused that you cannot see any light shining in your own path. Everything to you now looks like you are a failure. If only, and I was having this conversation, interestingly, with someone after service last week, Sunday, and she was saying to me that one of the things that she, she just got from what we, were, we shared on Sunday was the fact that if only we can see ourselves the way God sees us, and it is so true. Where God sees you as successful, he looks at you and the things that matter to God, you know, the, his definition of success, your kind-heartedness, you know, forgiveness, love, the things that, that he values. He looks at you and he sees you doing well in these things, but you are so bitter and so angry with yourself. And you feel like you have not made any headway. You've not made any success of your life. Why? Because you are comparing your life with someone else's. Comparison is a joy stealer, and someone needs to know that. In fact, you need to propose as you get into 2021, once, you're, once you find your emotions going in that direction, where there's a feeling of jealousy, a bile of envy starts to well up inside of you when you're looking at someone else's um, progress reports, as it were, because you don't even know if it is the truth. It is what you see on social media, so you're not sure if it is the truth. But for as long as you see these things, you need to tell yourself, look, my life makes sense. You need to declare God's word. God says that I am, I, you know, I am fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and after his likeness. I am above only and not beneath. You need to declare his promises, but you cannot declare what you don't know. You cannot declare what you can't give voice to what you don't know. And so one of the things we said last week was you, you need to spend time with God's word. We need to spend time with God, God's word to extract his promises and the things that he has said concerning us in his word. So what do you do when negative situations come? When a feeling of jealousy and, and comparison, you know, the comparison is a joy slam. When it starts to, to get at you, when you look at your siblings and you feel like they're moving ahead and it looks like your own life is stagnant, what do you do? You know, it's very okay to talk to God. And tell him I'm feeling a certain way. A lot of times we think God is so holy and he is holy. But we think he cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmity and the weaknesses and, and, and the things we're dealing with. So how do I say to God that I feel jealous or feel envious of, of someone? 
It's okay to say to him, Lord, I'm not happy. I need your help right now to be able to rejoice. Bible speaks about rejoice with them that rejoice. And one of the things to do to also quickly, you know, shut down whatever feeling of, of inadequacy that arises from, from jealousy or comparison is to wish the person well. Pray for the person. Oh, I'm so happy for you. But you know there's a way you can say it and it's really not just from your heart. Start first. As against not saying it and rolling your eyes and say this one has come again. Is it only you that every good thing must happen to? Start and say something first. Even if you feel like you don't mean it, say it. Then in your private space, Lord, I thank you for Bisola's life. I thank you for this new job she's just gotten. Lord, I ask that you will make her successful in it. I, ask, you see, I promise you, when you take the attention away from yourself and you focus on someone else, what I mean by that is you spend time in the place of prayer just thanking God for the victory, for that thing that you desire that you have seen in someone else's life. Instead of just sitting down and doing bad belly, pray for the person. Thank God for the person's life and see how the Holy Spirit begins to, you know, fix you on, from the inside out. He begins to change you from the inside out, okay? All right, so when negative situations come knocking, and are, you know, hell-bent on stealing your joy. You need to fight for your joy. And one of the ways that you do that is through praise. Get your praise on. Get your praise on. And I'll share with you a story very quickly. Some, my own personal experience during the lockdown. It was a very intense season for me because there was work, there was online schooling for kids. There was just a lot of drama ongoing. And I felt like at some point I felt like I was losing my mind, you know. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I was just pouring my heart out to God one day about how tired I was of everything. And the Holy Spirit said to me to dedicate 30 minutes every day to praise, you know, so 6 p.m. to (laughs) 6.30. So now, I love to worship. Let's not even get into the... Let me, let me not get the band into the difference between praise and worship. There is no difference. Praise is either fast beats or up, fast up tempo or worship or low, you know, slow tempo. Anyway, but I, I, I love to worship. And so I remember the first day I started. I started worshiping. And the Holy Spirit said, Mm-mm, Auntie, no. I want you to dance. Ha! I did not feel like dancing. I was no dancing mode because I was very, you know, unhappy with just the way things were generally and I was stressed out. And so I, I, I obeyed and I would start. I mean, it felt a little weird at first, you know, because I was there clapping, trying to dance, and then I would get my kids um, musical instruments and just make music and start to dance. But here's what happened. As I go on and I just stay there, just dancing and thanking God and expressing myself and just not focusing on the things that are happening around me, but I'm just focusing on his love, you know, thanking him for his faithfulness, just thanking him for who he is to me and all of that good stuff. I feel the burden begin to lift. I become light. I become happy. I become very joyful and you know what I end up it was supposed to be 30 minutes usually I'm way I'm in there longer than 30 minutes because at some point I then start to sing in the spirit and just losing myself and not caring what's 
going on. In fact, I'm sure that face, in that season in my house, I thought I was a mad woman because I would just be going on and on and on, just going all around the house, just dancing and just expressing myself in the presence of God. You cannot let the spirit of heaviness sit. And for anyone who has come with a heavy heart this morning, or you're listening online, and you're, you, you, know, you, you feel very heavy, just the mere thought of the things that you have dealt with and handled this year, you, you're, you're feeling very depressed, you're, feel, you're even dealing with mental issues based off of, you know, that spirit of heaviness. This morning we trust God that it will be broken completely and that the oil of joy will be poured into your life. So two things in addition to the first thing. The first thing I said you need to do is you need to get your praise on. You need to get your praise on. The second thing is that you need to find ways to laugh. You need to laugh. I know it sounds very simple and simplistic. Probably doesn't even sound, you know, like a revelation. But you need to laugh. Some of us don't laugh enough. We take life too seriously. And if you have a certain, you know, um, t- temperament or personality type, you, you know what I'm talking about. Life is so serious for you. You struggle to see light. You struggle to, to make light of things. Okay? You need to be able to laugh and make jokes. Be able to laugh and make jokes. Find friends who can help you lighten your, you know, your, 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 the way you're thinking about a matter. Some of us, we only have very serious friends. And when we start to talk about it, we all end up depressed when we start to talk about a matter. But there are friends that you have that you know, once they hear about it, like, what's wrong with you? Do you know that it was Gary I drank to sleep last night? And they laugh about themselves and they just make it seem like, it's not, a, it's not an issue. And really, it is not that deep. You need to say to yourself, it is not that deep. No matter what it is, it is not that deep. Because my lot is better than someone else's. Where I am right now is someone else's prayer. They don't have it better. And so, Lord, I'm thankful. So being able to make light of issues. Then the last thing is dig into the word. Get into the word. Get into the word. I cannot overemphasize the importance of this. You see, because it's in the word that you see what God has said about you. And then you take these things. Scripture says that um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. However, to be able to speak, to be able to even believe, you need to see what has been written concerning you. Your heart needs to make connection with God's promises for you so that you give voice to those things that God is saying about you. The things he has revealed to you, either from his word or from, you know, hearing from him or through dreams and visions, whatever it is that he has said to you concerning your life, concerning the works of your hands, concerning this nation, you need to amplify it. You need to give voice to it. You need to speak it. So read the word, internalize the word, meditate on the word day and night. Meditate on the word. Get the word into your heart. Get it into your spirit and speak the word. A lot of us are saying the wrong things presently. Ayemi temi, what's that thing again? What's that ayemi something something? You know, ori means something something. You know, we say different things. We say the wrong things. We give voice to the things that are happening around us. We amplify the things that are not working. Meanwhile, we have authority as God's children to speak 
into the things that are happening and to declare God's truth into those situations so that they can turn around. So that they can turn around. See, your worrying, your anxiety, your fear, your doubts will not cause God to change his timing for your life. So you can worry from now till eternity. It will not cause God to move. But prayer is the place where you can engage with God, where you can have conversations with him. And either of two things will happen, and we've seen it in the scripture. Either God retains his timing for your life, or he, he, he agrees with you and moves things forward. But you cannot rush God. You can't worry him into changing his plans for you. You cannot worry God into changing his plans for your life. He has the blessed plans ultimately. Okay? So get your praise on. Laugh. Make it a habit to laugh. Find out. If you check yourself, if you've not laughed in an entire day, please find something to laugh about. Find something to laugh about. Very important. And then get into the word. Let us pray. Let's pray. I want us to just ask the Lord this morning. The Bible says in Isaiah 61 verse 3, it says to console those who mourn in Zion. Speaking about what Jesus was sent to do, his ministry here on earth. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit for the oil of joy. The oil of joy. Very simple. It's a simple prayer. Spirit of God, I need you to fill me with the oil of joy. I don't want to live here with a depleted joy tank. I need for my joy tank to be refilled. I need for my joy tank to be refilled till it overflows. I want to overflow in joy. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You cannot will joy into being. Remember, joy is not happiness. It is not the things that come from what you have or what you don't have, or who you are with or who you are not with. It is not on any of those things. It's not about any of those things. Bible speaks about the joy of Jesus remaining in us. And so this morning we're asking that he would pour his oil upon us, pour the spirit of joy upon us afresh as a people in the name of Jesus. Let every spirit of heaviness begin to give way right now in your presence. We have come to the place of exchange. Someone needs to say, I'm exchanging this spirit of heaviness for the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Over and above the doctor's reports, I declare that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Over and above the job that I have lost. Over and above the pay that I, my pay that has been reduced loss of income, loss of investment opportunities, over and above whatever it is that I may have experienced, the loss of a relationship, the loss of viable friendships and uh, partnerships and collaborations, whatever it is that I have lost. This morning, Father, I have come to the place of exchange and I declare in the name of Jesus, we declare as a people, Father, that you are restoring us. You are restoring us according to your will in the name of the Lord Jesus and you're pouring out your oil of joy over our lives in the name of Jesus. We declare, Lord, that we will not, we, we will not be joyless. We will not be a people that are ungrateful. 
we will not be a people who, whose sources of joy are hinged on the external things, the things that will pass away, Lord. We say that like Jesus, for the joy that is set ahead, we draw down on the deposit of joy, Lord. And we say that we begin to live lives of joy. We begin to live lives of joy, that our joy, Lord, radiates. It begins to influence those we come in contact with. In the name of Jesus, we declare this morning, Father, that every depression gives way. In the name of Jesus, every spirit of depression is lifted. Every spirit of heaviness is lifted. Every spirit of mental issues, Lord, we declare lifted. In the name of Jesus, we declare your healing power comes upon us all. In the name of Jesus, every Every heart Heartedness, Lord, we declare, gives way to a heart of flesh. In the name of Jesus, every bitterness, every anger, every pain, every hurt. This morning, Lord, we lay at your feet and we exchange for your joy. We exchange for the life that you promise. We exchange for your peace. We exchange for, for our, we know that our hope is anchored in you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And if there's anyone here who's, you know, struggling and, and you're like, I, am, I have been disconnected from the source. I've been disconnected from God. With all eyes closed and all heads bowed, I just want to give you an opportunity to make things right with God. I want to ask you that you, you, you can invite him into your heart once again. And he's, he's very much willing and he's very much able to deliver you completely. He wants to. He wants to. So if you're here and you need his warm embrace again, you want to rededicate your heart to him. You feel like you have lived a life outside of him and you don't want to do that um, in the coming year. Can I ask that you just lift up your hand? And if you're online, you can just put it in the comment section so that our ministers can reach out to you. But if you're here and you want to just make things right with God, can you lift up your hand and I'll lead you in a prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Dear Jesus, I come before your throne of mercy and grace. I confess my sins before you and I receive your forgiveness. I exchange this spirit of heaviness and I receive the joy that comes from knowing you the joy that comes from living for you the joy that comes from serving you I ask that you come into my heart and you make your home with me lead me spirit of God order my steps I believe that you died for my sins Jesus and that you were raised for my sake and so I embrace your love this morning I embrace your joy and I embrace the life that you so freely give in Jesus name amen thank you dear God for this ones that have made things right with you we rejoice today we rejoice just as the host of of heaven rejoices over their lives we rejoice and we thank you because you will keep them, Lord. You will strengthen them. And you will grant them grace to walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is anyone joyful in God's presence this morning? Do you want to put your hands together?
and celebrate the King of Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. You want to say to someone seated beside you, and whether you're online there, you need to laugh more. Just say to them, laugh this week. Laugh this week. Yes, laugh, 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 laugh. You have any serious friend, you need to say to them, you've got to laugh. You've got to laugh. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Okay, so um, just a quick reminder um, that we will be having our New Year's Eve service holding here on Thursday by God's grace on the 31st. Now, here's the thing. We know that um, government has released new directives. However, we have clarified from the Lagos State Safety Commission just to be sure because we don't, as, as an entire church, both the Life Point Church and the Elevation Church, we want to be on the right side of the law. So we have sought clarification and we have been told that day services can actually happen and our service is not a vigil. It starts at 7 o'clock and we will be done by 10 o'clock. So um, it's happening here in this auditorium, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Now, we want to encourage everyone to please book their seats ahead. Because we know it's crossover service or, well, watch night service, a lot of people typically like to come to church. However, we will not increase our seating capacity. We will make arrangements for overflows, but we will not increase beyond what we can take. As such, if you don't register and you don't show up on time, there's a high likelihood that you may not be able to get into the auditorium or get into any of our other uh, facilities within the premises. Okay? So I want to encourage everyone, the registration, will be, or registration portal will be opened on Tuesday. Once it's open, please start registering and do come in early. 30 minutes after the service starts, we will give out seats. So you may have registered on Tuesday. If you show up at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, there's a high likelihood that your seat will be taken. Okay? So please invite friends, invite loved ones, encourage people to come. We would ensure that all of our safety regulations, our COVID protocols will remain, definitely. Um, and we also want to please encourage you, if you're not feeling too well, kindly watch online. You know, stream the service from home, okay? Um, because we will not have amenities to take care of anyone who's visibly unwell. But we encourage you, stay at home and join your faith with ours. We will definitely pray for you and trust God for your healing. All right. So please, 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 um, if anything changes before Thursday, we will definitely communicate on all our social media platforms. And you most likely receive an email from us since we have your data if you've registered to attend the service okay so just be on the lookout if anything changes we'll communicate but for now we're still going to meet on thursday at 7 p.m okay all right thank you all so much god bless you and have a fantastic week thank you for listening to a message from the life point church to download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.